is it time that we got to start going on the defensive about the Cleveland Cavaliers? Because I, I kind of think it is. Um, there are some things about the Cavs that have frustrated me. And there are things that probably didn't frustrate me last year or would have frustrated me last year. Things like starting slow. Things like struggling on the road, right? Um, last year, their offense at points really bleeped the bed. Whether it was late in the game or whether it was just kind of periodically throughout the game at points, it kind of lost them games. That was something that last year didn't really bug me because I knew this Cavs team didn't have the kind of scoring talent that you need. Yes, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are really good. Yes, Karis LeVert went healthy and in a role that he can excel at. Hot and cold, yes, but a really good score. Um, Colin Sexton, another kind of one of those guys, right? Larry Markinen, they just didn't have enough consistent good scores last year to get upset about that. But this year, we're like we're like fifty games into the year, and some of the things being bandied about, um, about the the Cleveland Cavaliers, kind of bugs me. And I think there's this thing that we do, especially in Cleveland, but but probably all sports fans. Every time I hear somebody say, "Oh, well, I'm just not being a homer," are they? People love to throw out the words, uh, "I'm being objective," and really, it's just kind of being unnecessarily negative early on. Ah, you know, I've talked to talked to some of my my friends, and we don't we just don't think this team is gonna do much. What 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 does that even mean? So I thought it was interesting. Jeff Phelps, whom I love, and I like to say that before I insult people, Jeff Phelps had a take last week, and I, I believe this was after the OK. No, 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 because the OKC loss was on Friday when everybody panicked. So this was after the Knicks loss, before the Rockets win, and he and he kind of did a year over year glance at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I think he and everybody else might be thinking about this the wrong way. Fifty games into the season. Cavaliers' record right now is 30 wins and 20 losses. Okay. Last year, before they traded all-star to be Lowry Markkinen and Colin Sexton and first-round pick Ochai Abaji and three first-round draft choices and pick swaps in two drafts. This year, after 50 games, 30 and 20. Last year, after 50 games, 30 and 20. I think the difference here is that you have a guy come playoff time who can help you win a playoff series. But... They're in the exact same spot record-wise as they were last year. I will always think that the Cavs gave up too much to get Donovan Mitchell. And I say that knowing he's an all-star starter and that I think he's tremendous. I think he's a great player. Though I think they gave up way too much. I think that come playoff time, Donovan Mitchell can be the difference in winning a series or two. Jeff Phelps's tick is referring to the Donovan Mitchell trade cost. <laughs> So, Jeff, what do you think about the renovations at uh, Progressive Field? I think they paid too much for Donovan Mitchell. Um, that's three times in a like 45-second clip. And Keith, and Keith did edit that to, to keep that in because we wanted to talk about that. Um, I don't give a crap about the cost of Donovan Mitchell. I look at the Donovan Mitchell trade exactly like I do the, the Deshaun Watson trade. Oh, what's going to happen with this number 12 pick this year? Right? I don't care. I didn't care about the number 13 pick last year, which, by the way, they traded down and took a, a young kid in Kenyon Green who I don't think played 
uh, all that much, if at all, this year and didn't play reasonably well when he was in there. So I don't care. To me, when you trade those assets, it's not about what those assets become. It's about what you get. Because here's the thing, guys. The Donovan Mitchell trade, if let's say in a year it hasn't worked out, so not this summer but the next summer, so you had him for two years, you're going you're to be able to turn him around and trade him, and you're going to be able to get a buttload of stuff as well. So, or at least that's very likely that you can do that because nothing's ever certain in the NBA. Injuries can happen, so on and so forth. So this idea of, of oh, pick swaps in 26 and 28, you know who doesn't care about the draft picks they gave up? The LA Rams. Mark Ross nailed it out of the park. I'm not quite where Daryl Ryder is, and we'll talk with him about this coming up at, at, at 6. I'm not quite into bleep every pick the Browns have going forward kind of mode, but I totally get it. The Rams for like two years said, uh, none of these picks matter. We're going to trade for Jalen Ramsey, and we're going to trade for Matt Stafford, and the goal is we're going to go all in on winning a Super Bowl. And then you know what they did? They went out and won a Super Bowl. So if if the Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell, let's say Donovan conservatively, let's just, he plays the next three years in Cleveland. And in that time, Donovan Mitchell either gets you to an NBA Finals or wins you an NBA title. The deal was worth it. No matter what those assets become, what Osei Abaji becomes, no matter what Larry Markkinen becomes, no matter what Colin Sexton becomes, if Donovan Mitchell leads you to the top of the mountain, it's a success. All right? Do you think, you think and, and San Antonio was a little bit different because, or sorry, Toronto was a little bit different because they didn't give up the world for Kawhi Leonard because it was basically a one-year year deal. But they gave up a first-rounder in Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl, by the way, who actually now has pretty significant trade value as a rim-running big out of San Antonio. They might actually be able to get two first-rounders for Jakob Pertl. They could get more for San Antonio could get more for Jakob Pertl than they did for Kawhi Leonard four or five years ago. That's crazy. And no one in Toronto cares. Nobody in Toronto is like, man, if only we had Jakob Pertl here so we could trade him. No, nobody cares because they won a title. And not just that, I think, I think the Donovan trade has the ability to be what the what the Kawhi trade was for Toronto. That if you can win a title early on, even if he eventually leaves three years, two years, three years, five years down the road, even if that happens, I think it's the kind of move, especially with the talent you have, with Darius Garland, with, um, with Evan Mobley, I think it's the kind of move that can lead you to more Eastern Conference title games, maybe more NBA titles afterwards. Donovan Mitchell isn't just uh, a great undersized combo guard who's now a starter uh, starter in the All-Star game for the first time in his NBA career, as voted such. He's not just that. Donovan Mitchell's supposed to be the guy that changes the culture. And when I say culture, you had good culture before. Good culture doesn't always equal winning culture. 
Good culture is everybody likes each other and feels good about going to work every day. You like that. But you like it more when that culture also understands winning. The Cavs were so young. There was so much fallout in the wake of of LeBron leaving and the state of the roster. If they never traded for, for Donovan Mitchell... It's no guarantee they would have been where they are right now, 31 and 21 through 52 games. It's no guarantee they would have even been at 500 because the teams that move the most are teams from like 7 to 13 in the in any given conference. So this idea of, well, the Cavs have the same record year over year from last year. Cavs didn't make the trade for Donovan Mitchell. For the first 52 games of this year. They made the trade for Donovan Mitchell. For the final 20 games of this year. Regular season games. And they made the trade for Donovan Mitchell. For a playoff run. I cannot stand. Hearing every step of the way. Was this team more fun. Than last year. I don't care. Are they going to win a playoff series? Or are they going to get to a top six playoff seed? Do we like this team as much? I don't need to love every single bit of my team. Oh, and by the way, there was stuff last year. There's stuff we totally looked past because we liked the team. Doesn't mean that team was actually better than this one. 216578092. Are the Cavs really a better team this year? than last year they're more talented at least in my opinion and that's what matters in the NBA and I do think it begs us to the one word that I heard used potentially to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers today and it is the most back asswards way of looking at the Cavaliers possible kind of early it I think it was like three hours into today's show with Ken and Anthony I, I heard them I heard Anthony make some comments you know or used the word disappointing. I don't know if he said they're disappointing. As a matter of fact, I think it's more that, you know, when when he and his friends have talked about it, they've kind of talked about some of the disappointing eras areas. Fifty-two games into this this experiment with Donovan Mitchell, I think it's fair to say that maybe Darius Garland and Evan Mobley were a little bit behind where we thought they were. They're still exceptional players. Darius Garland was an all-star last year. Evan Mobley still might end up being one of the best players, top 10 player. That's the kind of potential he has. Top 10 player in the NBA. If he maxes his potential, I think he can go there. But you can tell. like There are, there are a lot of games with Donovan Mitchell, especially in the second half, where they look a little... Um, they... they I don't, I, they look out of place, right? They look like they're not sure how to play the game. And I think some of that is, you know, it, it can be tough to learn to play an iso ball. I think some of that is maybe offensively, they, the Cavs could do a lot to find an offensive system that maybe moves the ball around a little bit more. But it's always going to be a problem with two uh, ball-dominant guards, in fairness. Like, it's it's always going to be an uphill battle that you're you're fighting there. But overall, is anybody disappointed by what you've seen from the Cavs 52 games in? Because when they traded for Donovan, I didn't think, oh, it's perfect roster, everything's fine, uh, and nothing ever needs to happen, they're going to win a title on their own. Nor did I think they were going to win a title this year. 
Has the bar changed for the Cavs? Whether it was the the was eight and one start, whether it was that, or whether it was Donovan um, being an MVP candidate or or play looking like an MVP candidate, has your bar for the Cavs changed? Because mine hasn't. Get a top six seed. If you can get, I think I think winning one playoff series this year, I think would would be a just a jump for you because. I think the more playoff games you can get Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, and not just them, the Dean Wades, the uh, Isaac Okoros, all the playoff atmosphere those guys can soak in, I think it's just going to knock um, time off the development of them. I you see it all the time, right? Guys will be like three years in. They go to their first playoffs, and all of a sudden the next year you see a ridiculous jump. Evan Mobley, Dean Wade, all these guys, I think all of them have that capability. But to say this has been disappointing, one, they aren't worse than last year. And two, I have no idea how you can even say that until we get to and see how this team plays in the stretch run. There are things I am disappointed with with the Cavs. Little things like the effort, uh, right? Are you are you playing 48 minutes of basketball? I don't know they're doing that the same way they did last year. I also think they know they have a superstar on their team and might maybe they don't have to play it that way. That's pretty commonplace in the NBA. Um, The, the road stuff is confounding, but I think that's tied to, to the effort. I think offensively, I do think late in games, the ball needs to stick less. Like there are things that... that are disappointing or things that I would like to see improved over the final 30 games of the year. But to say the Cavs are disappointing, you must have thought they were going to be a 60-win team 52 games into the season. I, I don't even see how you can get around to that idea. And I'm again, I want to make it clear. I don't think that's what Lima was saying. I think that is a conversation that a lot of us are having with our friends, which is, is this what you thought you signed up for? There's nothing I have seen through uh, 52 games where I felt like, oh, we're in trouble. Or, oh, this is not what we signed up for. Dom, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, yeah, I just uh, I think the main thing with the Cavs right now is we just lack depth. And, I mean, we're, we're just about at that point where uh, we're at the all-star break and we can kind of eva- evaluate the first 52 games and, I think that's the biggest thing when Donovan Mitchell's out, um, even when he's just resting, when Garland's been out, when any of those guys have been out, we lack that depth, that starting uh, worthy depth that's going to take us uh, in those close games and get us those wins. And I think uh, the second half of the season, that's just a big area that we got to focus on. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the depth thing's interesting. I think specifically at guard, I think it's a fair point. I mean, listen, if uh, Karis LeVert has been borderline unplayable and – that's maybe a little heavy. When it comes to playing Karras with Donovan, it has not been playable. What most surprises me is that in moments where Karras maybe can slide down to the two, he hasn't been consistently better. So, But even beyond that, Neto is not really playable. Um, Ricky Rubio, I think, will be fine. He just has been super inconsistent. But then again, if you have to expect major minutes out of a, a backup point guard in his 30s coming off major uh, knee surgery, maybe maybe the joke's on you. The depth thing is, and I I can see why the guards are playing as, minutes, as many minutes as they are. 
at some point, JB's got to break out of a, 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 a seven or eight guy rotation. I, I think specifically in the wing, like with Jetty, with Dean Wade, with uh, Kevin Love coming off the bench, with all the guys they have, I actually think they have good depth overall. They might be a little light in the tail on the on the on the guard side of things. Maybe Ricky clears it up. Maybe he doesn't. And I now this all being said, I've started to hear, and I actually agree with this, that this year for the Cavs is a evaluation year. Right? You're evaluating who fits, who doesn't fit, who can reach your upside, who doesn't, who might have value, who doesn't. And I actually agree. Which makes me wonder how they approach the trade deadline. Because I don't know. If you can get, if you can turn Karis LeVert and Kevin Love into guys who are under contract a little bit longer and might fit what you do, I'd be really, especially if you don't have to give up a lot. I, I've mentioned the, the Gordon Hayward thing before. I think that's probably after the table, off the table after Gordon's latest injury. But if you could find a... Harrison Barnes. I'm trying to think of all the names that I've run through. Because the reality is there's a lot of names out there I really like. There are guys that might be, at best, uh, a fifth best starter on this roster, but might just not fit where they are. I mentioned Harrison. I think Harrison's doing fine in in, uh, Sacramento. But yeah, if you could find whatever your equivalent to Andrew Wiggins is. Andrew Wiggins had been a bust. He averaged 20 points a game. In Minnesota, almost his entire time there. But that's not the point. He was never their best player. It was arguable if he was ever their second best player, and he didn't like to play defense. And so because of his contract, they got him, Golden State did, for D'Angelo Russell. And remember, they got a pick to take on the contract of Andrew Wiggins. And Wiggins has been... Really, really good for that spot. Been the perfect fourth player on that spot. The Cavs need to try and find that. Here's the thing: it might not happen this. It might not happen till this off season. So, I've gone back and forth. I don't know how aggressive I want to see the Cavs at the deadline. If this is an evaluation year, and I look at this different than what the. Uh, but like maybe the 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 Browns did over the final six games of this year, where they were four and seven when Deshaun came back, and Howard's going to try stuff out and and throw it at the wall. That's year three, coming off a disappointing year last year after having Jettison Baker, and you know you could tell that some frustration had set in that locker room. The Browns weren't winning enough to do that when they did it. This year, you're ten games above five hundred through fifty two games. I think if the Cavs stood pat, I'd be a little disappointed that you didn't maximize the contract of of Love or uh, Karis LeVert, but I'd still kind of understand the idea. I'd understand the idea of we got to evaluate what we have before we try and add anything to it. Frank, welcome to the show, bud. What you got for us? How are you, BG alum? Ah, good <laughs> to see you, bud. 1972. Oh, very hey, good. Uh, I missed Donovan, you by a couple years there. <laughs> it was it was a great, great school. Donovan, I don't know if I'd call him a superstar. You know, Giannis, Larry Bird, Magic, Kareem, 
LeBron Curry superstar. He's a great player. What, what do you think? I don't know. So <laughs> I would say I think he is a superstar. What you you oh, you, you just mentioned? Category? Well, I mean, <laughs> you didn't mention superstars. You mentioned all time greats, right? Well, that's a superstar, right? Oh or... <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I think superstars. Anybody who's one of the fifteen best players in the NBA, and I I I and, and sorry, on any given year, I think Donovan is that. Okay, Frank, we appreciate you, buddy. Miss Laurie, buddy. Hi, <laughs> right, buddy. Be good, Isaac Zumba.